0: Welcome to Necessary Illusions. I am your host, MC Squared. On this episode of the podcast, I interview Lila Charles Lee. She's a Hollywood insider, actress, producer, writer, and podcaster, and she co-hosts the Punch Up Pod with Pat the Burner. On the show today, we discuss current events and the dystopian American political system. I hope you enjoy the show. Solidarity forever. Tea. lila charles lee hollywood insider actress producer and writer coming to us all the way from los angeles right is that where you're at
1: that's right los angeles baby
0: what's been going Flared.
1: on where dreams are made and broken stomped all over uh what's been going on yeah it's been so quiet since the last time we talked <laughs> Nothing well, going on in this let's, world. Let's do
0: the update. So, uh, you are my Hollywood insider. My official Hollywood <laughs> insider. Unnecessary illusions. Last time we were talking, we were in the, the heat of the uh, the writers' hot strike. Hot labor
1: summer. That's right. Yeah,
0: the hot labor summer. So, the writers' strike was going on. But it wasn't um, only writers, right? Most of Hollywood were, was kind of striking. A lot of people, I think I read yeah. thousands of jobs lost. Why don't you give us an update? What happened with the writers' strike? It did see a well, resolution. Okay. Is everybody happy?
1: oh, you know, the working class is always happy. The CEOs caved on all the demands, the union leaders represented us beautifully. Um, So I can't remember the last time we talked if the actors had already started striking, but so then the actors were also striking, writers, came to a resolution and voted on it. Um gosh, I think in October, late September. Yep, exactly and, right. I was looking this up today yeah. as I well was preparing. Yep. Yeah, and then we uh, so I'm part of SAG, the Screen Actors Guild. We were a few weeks later, about a month later, uh like beginning of November, I guess. Um, you know, so many of the points of contention were not resolved and really couldn't be resolved by uh, just two, you know, the two heads of SAG or Writers Guild. Although I think Writers Guild got more protections against AI than actors did. And already there's just, you know, a real cascading effect as that sort of, that lack of protection bleeds into voice actors and commercials and, you know, the layoffs and, you know, there's just so many different, listen, the, what's happening with the working class across all industries. Yeah, every
0: sector of the economy is, is yeah. feeling it for
1: sure. Is, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's where we are. Um, it what were definitely... some of the
0: grievances? You said some of the things were addressed. Uh, maybe some things weren't. I did see that uh, there was at least the screen actors That strike, uh, I think 99% voted to accept the terms. But I also had to think of it as yeah, some of these people were desperate, hadn't got paychecks in months. So at some point, you know, some maybe some of the writers and actors, you know, at the time were happy with the terms, and maybe the rest of them were just really, really desperate and needed a paycheck. You know,
1: I think that's a lot of it. I mean, certainly Fran Drescher, who's the president of SAG did her best to sort of vilify anybody who had uh, issues still with the proposed contract, that there weren't enough protections, um, that there was a way because of the wording to hold off on getting residuals from the streaming, the streamer networks or the streaming companies. Um, yeah, that I was one of the things I read. So the yeah.
0: actors get paid right on cable every time a show is run They get, uh, what, syndicated, you get get a paycheck of some kind. Maybe it's pennies, maybe for the stars, it's a lot more. But for streaming, I guess they haven't worked that kind of stuff out yet.
1: Well, so they did work it out. And what they worked out was if it hits a certain threshold, I think it's within the first 90 days of it being owned by the streaming network, then those residuals, those extra payments come in. But as we all know, they can just sit on it for the first 89 days and then release it for, you know, release it. And Uh, then it doesn't become a huge hit within that amount of time. So, you know, there were a lot of provisions in there or that (laughs) there are a lot of provisions that weren't in there to protect us. And at the end, I think there were a few very vocal actors who continued to speak out both against the streaming concessions, which weren't really concessions, and the AI lack of protections. And as I said, you know, Fran Drescher, I think, what did she, I can't even remember what she called us, uh, the discontent, but it was worse. Like we were psychotic. I mean, even, I mean, this was, this kind of broke my heart. Brian, um, Oh my God! Here goes my brain. Every time I talk to you, I have uh, I got COVID for my first time since the oh, last time I talked to you. Oh, so I'm gonna good. I'm I'm gonna blame everything on that my my brain fog. Um, you know from Breaking Bad, Brian. Ta-ta. Oh yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The, the, Is the Anybody
1: creator? who does the I say.
0: The main guy there? Um,
1: no, no, no! The actor. Mm. The actor. Oh, Brian said, Cranston.
0: Yeah, Brian, Brian Cranston.
1: Cranston. Yes, thank you. I remember
0: I'm him sorry. from Seinfeld. I remember him. He was, yes. uh, he was from Seinfeld. <laughs>
1: That's right. Who be who converted to Judaism so he could tell the anti-Semitic jokes? Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was that was a great fit, Actually, that was pretty funny. Yeah.
0: Seinfeld um, had some pretty good writing. I I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm a middle-aged white guy, but I thought that that Seinfeld was hilarious. Really well written. Uh, I don't know. I still watch some of the reruns and think it's spectacular and I'm a big fan of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm too, Larry David. So, obviously a lot of me the
1: similar too. humor. Uh, me too. Totally. And I'll tell you when I had COVID and I couldn't even like surf the internet and, you know, troll on uh Twitter, which is my favorite pastime. All I did was watch the um TV Land, which has Tons of reruns of Seinfeld, Friends. Uh, Everybody loves Raymond. All those old, you know, white How old middle do you class feel
0: <laughs> the shows. You grew up watching, are now on TV land. How do you feel about that?
1: Oh man, I'm so old. It's crazy. It yeah. is so crazy. I can't believe it. It does not match the soundtrack I have playing in my head. Doesn't match what I see in the mirror.
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, classic rock stations now beginning to play like Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Three-day yeah. Rage Against the Machine. So, yeah, we're getting up there. I mean, now Classic. we're the target audience of the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm a millennial. I don't know. Are you, are you a millennial? Or?
1: I think I'm older than you. I'm Gen X. Yeah, Gen X. I'm well,
0: old, old. Yeah, the millennials are right in the in the crosshairs of the Super Bowl. So, you know, millennials are like, oh, the Super Bowl, it's been great. Actually, no, we're just getting old. You know, when we were younger, we're like, oh, <laughs> these old rockers, you know, that are past their prime. These are... These are idiots. You we're know, the old right. ones past our prime. I mean, yeah. m Yeah, they brought
1: out movies, Usher.
0: Whatever. Yeah, Usher. Usher, yeah. I remember, I, I remember um, Usher, uh, I was listening to some Usher in, on the bus in middle school. Someone's like, check out this new Usher song. I'm like, wow. So I was. I remember him vividly back in, uh, I think I was in my drop top cruising the street, you know, something like that.
1: There so, you go. There anyways, you go. Know. Yeah. I, I don't wanted to ask a little bit, though. Somewhere. So we talked a little bit yeah. about...
0: Uh, comedy and stuff like that right um uh, yeah what do you think about comedy you said you're trolling uh on on social media. oh no you, you know like I troll like,
1: people no i'm joking i get in lots of you know we all get in our twitter fights right with yeah. the the people who uh find themselves on the other side on the wrong side of history um no but when i couldn't even do that i was watching all of these old sitcoms and you know Yes, they were all predominantly white, which was really, you know, it's too bad, or at least that's what they're showing on TV land. Um, But one thing that I really thought was uh, unfortunate for the current state of network TV is back then there was a lot of working class families that were the center of these sitcoms and they're just, they just aren't anymore. I mean, I know Friends had, you know, these young people who were living in this glorious loft in new york which would have been impossible even in the 90s but um but you know roseanne everybody loves raymond king of queens mike and molly like all of those shows were working class people and they talk about unionization they talk about not being able to afford vacations and now you know i feel like everybody has one of these mcmansion homes that yeah. makes us all just feel <laughs> less than
0: <laughs> i think uh i think they had some uh, speaking of unions, which I'm pro-union, I'm in a union, I, uh, yeah. I saw the – someone tweeted this or maybe it was on Reddit, but I guess there was some uh, streaming event with the Super Bowl and they had like a SpongeBob something or other like um, coming on. It was like a Nickelodeon, whatever. Right. But, uh, who cares? But the um, they asked something about, um, I don't know, the college players or the NFL players, you know, how – uh, how, how do you make sure they don't get taken advantage of? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, And and I think SpongeBob said something like, uh, you know, they should join a union. So SpongeBob, pro-union, getting the kids started. Early. Look at that. Yeah.
1: I like that. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, you know, that's something I know Bernie Sanders has actually been pushing for a long time, that uh, college athletes and like AAA baseball should all be unionized, which is cool.
0: Everybody, you know, should. I mean, I'm an anarchist, yeah. so my, my long-term goal is – Workers owning and controlling the means of production, you know, so maybe actors on a, on a film, we, sp- we split up the profits evenly, you know, maybe yeah. we have a director, but we vote on the director, it's not like, you know, you're assigned this job, I'm assigned this job, you know, I would love, right. you know, any institution, any workplace, any like sector of the economy, yeah, kind of like a co-op, we, we yeah, kind of- you know, the, the profits, the wages, everything's split up evenly. If it yeah. does well, we all do well. If it does bad, right. well, oh well, we move on to our next product, yeah. you know. exactly. So owning, controlling the means of production, not these ginormous conglomerates, these studio companies and all these loopholes, you know, they buy some content or make some content, they uh, sit on it for months, maybe years, and then once they're, whatever, the um, once the the big big payday is is done, then they can kind of put it out there. So I'm sure that all that I've heard, I mean, I've watched Honorage. We talked about that last time. It's kind of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, That kind of stuff happens all the time where these big studios buy up these projects and they never see the light of day. And then all of a sudden they release it once the, once the contract expires or the agreement expires or something like that. That's right.
1: That's exactly right. That's what they do. And it, you know, it's a much clearer, um, like arc of what happens when it happens in Hollywood. But as, We've both said it's happening all across all industries internationally in different ways. But yeah, they'll buy things up. They'll buy things up from their competitors just to not have competition on a certain release date or, you know, make sure, you know, I mean, one of the most famous examples was when Forrest Gump did so well. and. I think Tom Hanks was supposed to have a profit participation. And they said, well, ah, there was no profit to that movie. (laughs) It's like, you know, they have ways of, it's, it's what Trump does, right? Like that's one of the things that Trump is being indicted for, that you claim on one side, hey, my building is worth, you know, how you inflate the worth of it in order to leverage that for loans for other properties. But then when you're claiming your taxes, you claim it as a loss. Yeah. So you get deductions, right? And I mean, that's how all of that's how all of big business works. It's re, it's repulsive.
0: Yeah, yeah. Crony capitalism. I think you you lie like hell on your expenses, but maybe you're upfront about your um you know your income, but then you can just kind of lie or you know kind of manipulate the numbers so that you know it ends up what Trump, a sitting president and a billionaire, that the one year would he pay like three four hundred dollars on income taxes? Like that's insane. Like federal income. Inti- yeah. It's-
1: yeah. Yeah. No, that is an enormous policy failure that will not change because nobody in Congress, or not enough, but mostly nobody in Congress, cares to get money out of politics on any level. You and see, Nancy sides, Pelosi. Yeah. Both, both sides. sides. The, yeah. yeah.
0: Pelosi. I, I follow the Nancy Pelosi <laughs> insider trading. Uh, yeah. Profile,
1: and uh, I think. Yeah. Um, and unusual whales, and yeah. yeah.
0: There was some trade that she made uh, last year. Uh, and uh, I think it's something like, uh, she, she, she's made like triple her salary in, in like, uh, 15 months or something like that. I think it was a pharmaceutical yeah. company. Uh, they showed like when she made the trade, when she claimed the trade and how much she profit uh, she's made, you know, since, uh, she's made over a million dollars in like the last 15 months or something like that. Yeah, And, um, you know if if we the Republican Party, you know, if we had opposition, they would stop it and say, hey, this is crooked, but guess what? Both sides are doing it. So they're exactly. all it together. They're all on the same team and we're not on it.
1: That is one hundred percent true. That so- is the yeah. tragedy <laughs>
0: working class themes in tv i did want to mention this though before i forget uh they should, I, I saw the al bundy house he was a shoe salesman i think it was an appraised at uh, i don't know seven hundred six hundred thousand dollars where, where was it uh, al Bundy married with children was that supposed to be outside of chicago
1: yeah I th- what's that i think it was outside of chicago we used to watch that when i was younger um but now I can't remember. But yeah, I think outside of Chicago, another working class family, right? Yeah. And so Do you think?
0: Like uh, yeah, you that. think a shoe salesman could could afford a six seven hundred thousand dollars house in Chicago today?
1: No, I don't even know if you could find a house for six hundred thousand dollars in Chicago today. Yeah. You certainly can't find one in Los Angeles. It would be you know rat infested, dilapidated, tear down if you could find something that cheap which is crazy.
0: <laughs> and I think the Home Alone house, remember the Home Alone house? Yeah. I think it was, I forget what it was appraised at. I think $5 million, something along those lines.
1: That that's a, was like, a
0: really, I saw yeah. someone say that on um, on Twitter, like now watching Home Alone, I'm like, what did Kevin's dad do?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, that was okay. a nice house. Just to, just
0: to afford to take a family of what, eight or 10 to, to,
1: get to Paris, Paris or where well, were they going? Yeah. What do for a living? I know over Christmas even and to have so much going on that you can't notice your kid, which is hilarious. Yeah. I did like that movie. That was fun. And John Hughes, I mean, yeah. Or wait, was that Chris Columbus? That was Chris Columbus. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yes. Um, all out of my price range, unfortunately.
0: Oh yeah. And the other thing I want to mention, I just saw this article. I didn't retweet it. Um, maybe I should have, in, in cities like uh, New York Los Angeles I don't know some of the highest um, you know the, the most expensive cities to live there's ten of them I think Miami was on there Washington DC was on there uh, if you make a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year in some of these you know the ten most expensive cities in the country to live in you are now lower middle class 150k that's the bar to get into lower middle class in Los Angeles San Francisco Miami Washington DC uh, New York. Yeah.
1: Which is, I mean, it is absolute insanity. And it's also, you know, we, and we talk about this a lot on our show that they'll say like, Oh, wages are up. And, you know, listen to that, like, look at that paycheck that you got, or, you know, people will hear like what you make on a project, but you have to take into account the purchasing power in the city where you live and the city where we live is so astronomically expensive. And, you know, even, I mean, most people across the country, no matter where they live or what they're making, are fifty percent or more of their salary is going just to their housing. That's insanity. It was. It used to be a quarter of your salary. That's what people used to aim for.
0: Yeah, and I saw I saw some th- something too that you know it, uh, in the seventies, maybe even in the, in the golden era of capitalism, the fifties and the sixties, uh, mortgages. You know, used to be maybe like 5 10 year mortgages now everybody 25 30 year 30, mortgages 30 yep and you're just hoping you can afford the payment right i mean you're just hoping that yeah, you can kind of yeah. finally get in and, and be part of that landed aristocracy own, own some property i feel like that's um, you know one one of the american dreams that's no longer you know you have to be asleep to uh, believe it to quote george carlin but yeah <laughs> yeah i i've heard you know just just debt is exploding credit card debt Mortgages, yeah, payment plans, uh even on healthcare and stuff like that. I mean if you don't, That's right. If you can't you can't well, to
1: go fund a doctor
0: and, and, and or if yeah. you don't have insurance, it's like, oh, you know, we have we we have to do this life saving procedure. I guess we'll just put you on a payment
1: plan. Like what? Payment plan and go fund me. Go fund me, I think the majority of their drives are for people's medical care. Yeah. You know, that's an that's Obama, the one Obama cause guy. cause of bankruptcy.
0: That. Yeah, I tweet that yeah. all the time. That's uh, someone on Social Sunday always tweets that. The number one cause for bankruptcy is uh, medical debt, emergency medical expenses. And that's a problem unknown in anywhere else in the world but the United States because we don't have the health care system. We have a national scandal here.
1: That's right. It really is a national scandal. And, I mean, have you noticed, like, nobody's even talking about it anymore. That became huge in 2016, <laughs> 2020. Yeah. I haven't heard – and in the middle of a global pandemic that still persists, by the way, I think 1,800 people died last week. I don't think we've been Whoa. under
0: – Really? Oh, yeah. I did sweet- – I see you been... tweeted something on the, on the punch-up pod, and it's also weakening <laughs> immune systems, right, and, and when it's uh, right. combined so, with uh... Uh, measles and other things. So go ahead and do want you to talk on the COVID – Covid stuff. I, I didn't think Covid existed anymore. You're, this is this is news breaking. Let's
1: hear it. Let's hear Nobody's it. talking about. Although you know, what, so okay, I don't think we've been under a thousand for like twenty weeks. Excuse me, um, but we've been in the fifteen hundred to two thousand range for the last twelve weeks or more. Dying people, dying of Covid. People told to go out and live their best lives. A lot of those people are vaccinated. Um, although vaccine rates are way down because the government, you know, we listen. The Biden administration has destroyed any trust in our public government in public health. What well,
0: little, little was left, what little was left is. Oh, God. I mean, everyone, I don't I don't think yeah. I've talked to, I can't remember talking to anyone with an optimistic view or a positive view of the future or America's institutions, whether it's the, the Senate, uh, you know, the House, no. the Supreme Court, the presidency. Uh, I don't know, I don't yeah. know of anyone that's liking what's it's going on here.
1: Truly crazy. The, what's interesting, though, is now as more and more people are developing long COVID, For which there is no cure and many people in the medical profession don't have enough knowledge because this is a new virus that's i mean you know relatively new right it's i mean we're in our fifth year but it is relatively new um more and more mainstream journals are actually starting to talk about it men's health the economist time talking about even wearing masks you know um adele for her residency or whatever it's called in Vegas, they put in like a $450,000 air purifying system to protect her. Um, Taylor Swift is on tour. People in her entourage, everybody has to be a bubble. They're trying to protect her. And yeah, I think notice more notice they're trying new, to protect
0: their assets. They're, they're trying yeah. to protect the talent. The people, let's yeah. crowd them in here and let's get them as many in here as we can, I mean,
1: right? <laughs> it's atrocious. Yeah.
0: Can we charge them 50, a hundred? How about 200 per ticket? How many can we get in here?
1: Which is why, you know, you know, they like no billionaire. And I don't know that either one of these ladies is a billionaire yet, but like they are making a deal right now to protect themselves while pushing out an image of, Hey, everything's back to normal and fine. Come exactly. As you said, pack yourselves like sardines in here. And, you know, there was a thread for a while of, in the U.S. when she was on tour of people who had gone to the Taylor Swift concert, got COVID and said worth it. But like, I mean, thousands, because of course that's a huge spreading event, not for her. So like they are complicit in this lie that capitalism is selling that, hey, everything's back to normal. Come be packed in at a concert. But they're protecting themselves.
0: But then, you know, and saying stuff like worth it, too. Like, was it worth it? What if you give it to your friends, your family, your coworkers? What if you interact with the general public? You know, these people yep. aren't consenting to be around you, even though, you know, you were at some massive spreading event, you know?
1: Yep. Yeah. No, it's disgusting. And wearing a mask became this. Well, I mean, what? Rochelle Walensky said it's a scarlet letter. It doesn't have to be. They could have fought against it. It's not a scarlet letter in Asia. Yeah. Right. They could have just said, like, listen, it's a dangerous disease. We're doing the Swiss cheese model. Get vaccinated. Test. Tests are free. Paid sick leave. Now they've reduced the isolation period to one day, which is like, come on. Five days was already a joke.
0: Yeah. I mean, the talk about the CDC. I mean, all the the public trust, whatever is left in the CDC is completely gone. Um, And then America, too, like we don't have we I think, we're the one of the only countries, certainly the only industrialized country in the world, without paid time off, sick leave, vacation leave. Yep. None of it is guaranteed by um, government. The federal government, yep. yeah. So Man-
1: we, it's not mandated. Yeah, it's disgusting.
0: Yeah. So yeah, you get sick, tough. Go to work, or you're not going to get you spread paid. Right it off.
1: to everybody. You might yeah.
0: lose your job. You know, if you're in a right to work state like uh, you know Texas. I saw something recently that uh, Michigan finally repealed that uh, awful right to work yes. state. So good for them. Michigan's doing a lot of good things. Um, the Rust Belt, yeah. where I'm originally from, um, still has that Democratic, um, you know, pedigree. You know, I think it's still right. deep down in, in the people there of the Rust Belt. Obviously, the Democratic Party left uh, the working class uh, decades ago, but I still think that there's a lot of Democratic principles built into the old Rust Belt, which I left uh, maybe a decade or so uh, ago. You know, uh, there's still unions; they're still strong there. Yep. Solidarity. All that kind of stuff um, is still, I think, baked deep into the culture, Um, but not so much down here in Texas and, you know, the deep south. So, um, you know, right to work is, as I see it, is basically a right to be fired uh, and including, you know, uh, firing organizers and people trying to, um, you know, get workers to, you know, join together because against organized power. We can do very little, but uh, together, you know, we can we can accomplish some things. So I think that's one of the reasons why um, the strike, um, you know, the the Screen Actors Guild and the actor strike was successful. I mean, they they got more concessions than let's say that uh, Elon Musk down here in Tes- uh, Texas and his Tesla workforce. Right? It's the got largest you know, auto yeah. industry. It's the largest yeah. auto manufacturer in the world with an ununionized workforce, and I think it's no uh, yeah. coincidence that he moved his. Uh, productions from uh, California to Texas because of the very business-friendly laws down here in Texas.
1: Yep, that's right. And also, I just saw uh, Trader Trader Joe's is joining him and Amazon, I think, in trying to sue the NLRB for unconstitutional practices. I mean, listen, I, I really hope the only silver lining, and there's not much, but that people... Will will disabuse themselves of the notion of the good billionaire. There are no such thing as a good billionaire.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not one. I, I don't. I don't think um, billionaires would exist. You know, they're, I think they're parasites. They're leeches on society. Uh, the billionaires need us. You know, they need the working class, but we don't yeah. need them. You know, they are
1: one hundred percent. That's right. A friend of ours last night. We were supposed to see him for drinks outdoors, uh, but had to cancel because his Tesla caught on fire. Oh, oh
0: wow. <laughs> yeah have you seen one of
1: our pothole?
0: yeah I mean I, I'm not a huge fan I, I maybe we can talk about this a little bit but have you seen in Africa um I guess the the lithium mining and the children mining and all that kind of stuff so like I think okay you know it's a little bit better than a gas guzzler right but there's obvious environmental issues with the lithium ion mining and then yeah if we're having child slaves you know mine this stuff so yeah we have one we have a lot of major problems you know what I mean
1: 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Anybody saying that electric vehicles are the solution to the climate catastrophe is severely misinformed. But also, yes, it is also child slave labor. Environmental. I mean, there's so many reasons that we we need to disrupt the whole system, not just modify it with uh, electric vehicles.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we need we need a real revolution. You know, not just reform, but you know, we got to take it one step at a time. It's, It's sometimes hard. Uh, you know, when you look at all these problems in the world, yeah, to focus on one because there's just so many of them. But all we can do is take it one uh, one yeah. problem at a time. And what I try to do here, and what I'm sure you try to do as well, is uh, educate people on issues yeah. that are, are important that the mainstream media is not talking about. Simple as that. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it, they are there are millions of problems, but they all. Almost all stem from the same problem of capitalism. I agree with you. you.
0: Know, I right? agree. Like
1: that's yeah. So fast. I have so yeah, much. Yeah, I know. To you about. I can't believe it. Yeah.
0: I'd love to do it again. I'd love to keep staying in touch. I don't think we're going to get to yeah. everything I wrote down. I try to keep it moving fast, but there's so much to talk about. I, uh, I want to bring that's up so the Aaron Bushnell um, self-immolation outside the uh, outside um, the um, yeah. Israeli. Um, embassy like, yeah the embassy in dc uh we have the election 2024 it's an election year somebody told me today Do you believe that It's an election year, Biden and Trump. What do we got?
1: Tell me about our democracy. (laughs) What's going on in our democracy?
0: Looks like we got uh, the same uh, as the last, pretty much every election in my life. We have two awful choices. We're going to have to decide between one of those two terrible, terrible choices. Uh, We we were talking a little bit about the Hollywood strike. Uh, Maybe we can go into detail about the protections, the benefits, the chat. Was it the chat GT and the AI stuff? Yeah, chat
1: GT and the AI stuff and GPT, we were talking um, something like that let, let's, let yeah, me, let's, about, we were
0: on covid let's let's do a little bit more on covid here do you have any other yeah, updates yeah. I talked a little bit about about the I guess the um, the covid and how it uh, weakens the immune system do you have anything to say on long covid I, I am in healthcare but I'm not a a virologist or um, I'm not internal medicine or anything like that do you have anything yeah. to say on just COVID-19, the global pandemic, uh, long COVID, uh, the how it weakens immune systems, anything like that? Go ahead.
1: All right. So I'd say just like every other problem we're discussing, it stems back to capitalism because the truth is we could actually be protecting people much better. We could clean the air. Just like we clean the water, we don't drink, usually most of us, water straight from the tap because we have poisoned our water. And now we are allowing a communicable disease to float freely and telling people not to try to protect themselves on any level, it all stems back to capitalism. But I think what's really important for people to know, and, I, and it's starting to make it into some of the press, is even if you have a very mild case of COVID, you know, for a while we only were really talking about the worst outcomes that we could see, which was death and then hospitalization. And once that decreased, and it decreased quite a bit with the vaccinations, but the vaccinations do not prevent uh, getting infected or spreading infection, but it does decrease severe cases of COVID and death. It really does. Doesn't mean that people who aren't fully vaxxed still die, they do. But even if you have a very mild case of COVID, every time you get COVID, your chances of having some repercussion increases. And so they're they're actually comparing COVID to airborne AIDS because the truth is that once you have it, you do not you don't shed it from your whole body. So they can still find traces of COVID in every cell in your organs, in your vascular system, even if you had a mild case. So they're seeing a spike in in strokes and heart attacks with young people. You know, I mean that's horrifying.
0: I think a lot of people on the right, maybe the anti-vaxxers, were, were trying to say that the, uh, the cardiac issues were a result of the vaccine. I mean, maybe the jury's out. Uh, right. Or is that just no, a hoax? It, The
1: jury, it's, it's a total hoax. The jury's not out because the spike in heart attacks and strokes amongst young people started after COVID but before the vaccines. So it is a Thank hoax. You.
0: Bringing yeah. us some knowledge, busting some knowledge on us, I like it. It's incredible. I, quite
1: I a bit never,
0: never me. This kind of stuff just yeah. never interests me. I I trust medicine. I'm in healthcare. When the vaccine came yeah. out, I, I went right to it. I'm not a biologist. I'm not an internal yeah. medicine specialist or anything yeah. like that. I trust medicine enough. The institution, whatever the the, the profession, right. I, I, I I took their word for it. That I think vaccines are a good idea. I know it did really well for. Uh, uh, a lot of – what was the one with the iron lung? What was that one?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean – Jonas polio Salk. And yeah, the, polio. So I think, yeah, I think post, there's a like, good
0: track record we're, of we're, vaccines, even though there's a very – We're bringing
1: back – yeah, there's a very loud right wing, which has now, for whatever reason, been joined by liberals and people on the left, which is crazy, anti-vax, because I think they think it's anti-establishment.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right? But, like – Yeah, I need some flack. I, yeah. s- I kind of stopped tweeting about COVID because a lot of people, a lot of my followers were giving me some flack about COVID. And it's like, you know, it's not, I don't think it's a political issue. I'm just trying to spread awareness and knowledge. But it's what? not one of my most important issues. I believe in science. I believe in healthcare. I believe in the doctors. I believe in the billions and billions and billions of dollars we gave Big Pharma. I figured they'd figure something out, you know. And, of course, they're going to profit off of it. That's our capitalistic system. Socialism what? for the rich and powerful and rugged capitalism for yeah. everybody else.
1: Exactly. So for the people who are formally on the left or still consider themselves on the left, but who are against the vaccines and, and think that you know, they're they COVID minimizers, they should know that Pfizer was all on board for pushing masks away because they said, we will make a killing on our Paxlovid treatment of COVID. Because if you take the masks away, people are going to get infected at a much greater rate, and then we can profit that way and also get everybody back to work. So if you are an anti-master, a COVID minimizer, you are doing the work of the capital class. You should no longer call yourself a leftist.
0: Yeah, well, the the shock doctrine, disaster capitalism, they're always trying to make yeah. a buck no matter what. So when we have a healthcare system that profits billions of dollars on a global pandemic, we don't have much of a healthcare system. Uh, it's, a, it's a for-profit system where... You yeah, know, we have insurance companies skimming off the top, making billions of dollars. It's, of course, um, you know the the Medicare uh, administration costs are a fraction of what these big healthcare insurance conglomerates uh, charge to um, you know skim off the top and be the middleman. Uh, but right. you know, not not only do we not have a single payer option, a universal healthcare option, a Medicare for all type option, but we also don't really have government clinics. You know, we don't have local uh, community right. clinics. Uh, we have a lot of for close profit them hospitals. Yeah, right. For-profit hospitals, but then co-ops. That I don't really know much difference between uh, a a for-profit hospital and a co-op, or um, you know, I guess not not a co-op. I'm sorry. A uh, what do they call it? A uh, like a free non-profit. product or
1: something? A nonprofit, right, yeah. yeah.
0: So supposedly, I'm from Pittsburgh originally. Supposedly, UPMC is like a non nonprofit organization. What it does it's it's buying up all these healthcare clinics, just like a regular you know corporation would do. Um, it gets it it gets nonprofit status for some reason because it's tied in with these politicians yep. in the state. Um, They have their own health insurance plans. They own their own hospitals. They're buying up all the competition. Uh, There's been lots of lawsuits. They pay their workers um, very minimum, especially when it's like service workers, janitors, cafeteria workers. There's been all kinds of lawsuits and union organizing and that sort of thing. And they all get to skate by, you know, as a... um, non nonprofit, while the CEO, the supposedly, you know, they, they get the they get nonprofit status, which is a huge tax break, while the CEO That's is right. making millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. So I really don't know much of a difference between a so-called nonprofit and a for-profit corporation. They all do kind of the same thing. And well, uh, a
1: one hundred percent, yes,
0: monopolizing the healthcare. You can't go there and ask for treatment if you don't have an insurance. They're going to either give you a huge bill or tell you to go somewhere else, unless it's a, right. an emergency, which they can't turn you away. But you know. Out, you're going to get a ginormous bill in the mail once your uh, treatment is uh, complete.
1: Yeah, you know, people who say "Don't call the uh, the the ambulance for me; I'll just take an Uber to the hospital." Oh, it's insane! I, I mean, pe-
0: people in Europe yeah. think that we're our society is backwards, and it is. I mean, that's that's nuts. People are scared of the ambulance. It's like that's a public service. It's like a library. Yeah. When you're sick, you get an yeah. ambulance. You know.
1: Exactly. Exactly. But they're going to destroy – I mean, they're destroying libraries. They're going to destroy public schools. I mean, that is the whole project of the chaotic – it's chaos. It's bringing chaos to it the right wing.
0: That's why I prefer the Democrats. I mean, at least we're not – at least we. I I almost slipped there. I'm an anarchist. I don't like any political party. At least the Democrats, So I – that I tend to prefer the Democrats, at least they're not suspicious of, you know, libraries, public education, at least in theory, at least their rhetoric, you know, even though Joe his yeah. whole career has been trying to tear down Medicare and Social Security, but Absolutely. Republicans are out. Um out in front saying this is what their their plan is you know they want to tear down yeah. everything they want to get rid of all regulations, let business and corporations destroy the planet, pay the workforce nothing because we want to get rid of minimum wage, we want no public housing, we want no welfare, so you know the alternative the Democrats definitely suck uh but the Republicans are are at least a little bit worse you know, and if nothing else you 're going to get maybe judges that are at least uh, okay with uh, abortion rights and women's reproductive yeah. rights. Uh, I think the Democrats use it more as a, as a campaign fundraising, uh, tool, you know, like, Hey, we're, if you get the yeah. Republicans in there, they're going to take Roe v. Wade away. And it's like, Hey, the Democrats right. though, didn't do anything to codify it or institutionalize it when they had the power to do so for decades, for 50 right?
1: 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really, I'm really conflicted. I, I thought that for a really long time, that like at least Democrats are trying, at least they say the right thing. But now I'm wondering if it isn't worse, because they can say the right thing, but then they're always reaching across the aisle, because they're all paid by the same people. Their donors are all the same. 100% all the same, maybe a little bit less from the NRA. Give half that, here,
0: give half there. Yeah, exactly. and then whoever wins, you know.
1: So they say the same thing, but then in the end, they just... Capitulate, even though what they're doing is being paid to lose. But what, what we lose out on is an antagonistic press, and without that, we don't have a democracy. Excellent so point. When Trump, Excellent point. Right? When Trump was in power, when Trump was in power, there were people protesting. The media was constantly calling him out on things, and the people at the border and the police brutality, and you know. And then Biden comes in, and there goes the Me Too movement. There goes the George Floyd movement, there goes any talk about Medicare for all. Everybody shuts up and they all just do everything he says. Oh, there goes any protections for COVID.
0: Why is the, why is the press so chummy uh, to Democrats when Biden, you know, Chomsky has said, at least in terms of uh, the foreign policy, Biden's foreign policy and Trump's foreign policy is indistinguishable. Uh, I think domestically Chomsky thinks that, uh, Biden is a lot farther left than Trump. I don't see it, but Chomsky has been doing this a long time. I'll take his word for it. Um, but you know, at least foreign policy-wise, there's almost no difference between Republicans and Democrats. We have two war parties. Uh, but Biden's yeah. really not doing much. I mean, they did. Um, I think student loans are going up. He's he's canceled some, but the the student yeah, loans like he restarted fraction. the payments. Yeah. yeah, we're not getting a small fraction. We're not getting anything. No no Medicare for all. There's no protests about, uh, you know, during a, during a, a global pandemic. Yeah. The, the border. Yeah. I mean, I think Biden's coming down here, um, to South Texas tomorrow to, I guess, you know, as a, as a, as a, um, as I guess, a, you know, kind of a political theater type thing. Like, Hey, look, I, I yeah. care about the border too. You know, I'm sure he's going to come down here yeah. shake a couple hands. Um, uh, I talked to s- s- some people, um, and, uh, they said that, you know, no, no workers, he's not going to talk to any, um, I guess, border workers or anything like that, just the higher ups. So that's, that's the way, that's the way the Joe Biden administration does. If you remember on the campaign trail, when he was at the the car or the auto manufacturing plants and someone asked what he was going to do in office and he's like, Hey man, I don't work for you. So yeah, he, he doesn't, he's never he worked like for poked us. He's, his finger, yeah. yeah, no.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean uh, it, you know, he's deported more people. He has, increased migrants at cages, he is building Trump's wall and bypassing 26 environmental laws to do it. Nobody's saying anything about it. We had AOC down there clutching the chain link fence and crying when it was Biden, I mean, when it was Trump and crickets now, right? So there is a part of me that feels like, I don't know, it's not accelerationism because honestly, Way worse things are happening under Biden with no pushback. The fact that Biden, under Biden, 800,000 people died of COVID with vaccines that he got from Trump, by the way. I mean, I hate Trump, but like, that's the truth. Those vaccines came from Trump. We got rid of every protection. We, uh, more funding for police, more money for war. We are now involved in two wars which are spreading to regional wars. I think and Biden...
0: Like, uh, yeah. Let's talk about the police for one second. I think Biden wanted to put 100 more, 100,000 more cops on the street. It seems oh, like yeah. he's going to lose this election. It seems pretty... I mean, he's very, very unpopular sitting president. So he's building this infrastructure, this police state, that the Republican is going to be happy to inherit.
1: Thank you. Yes. You cannot talk about your opposition as fascist and vote for me or you're going to lose democracy while giving money, exactly what you're saying, to the the infrastructure that is then going to support the fascist opponent. Clearly, they're not worried about Trump. If they were, they wouldn't be running Biden.
0: And then the Cop City stuff, too. I mean, I guess there's these training compounds, and it seems like we, uh, you know, a lot of... um collaboration between IDF, you know, the Israelis and and the the United States police forces. Uh, Obviously, we see how cruel they can be carrying out genocide in Israel, and there's a lot of collaboration there. But I guess we're building these hundreds of millions of dollar cop cities, these training compounds for... Uh, you know, the police to use these brutal tactics against the population. So uh, that seems like another issue that doesn't really get much uh, mainstream press. It's definitely on left-wing Twitter and that kind of stuff. But uh, the mainstream media isn't saying much about... uh, No, they're
1: uh, not saying much. They're not saying much. And by the way, only three states out of 50 don't have plans for their own cop city. And the fact that it's happening, first and foremost, in a democratically run city of Atlanta with two Democratic senators who have not said anything about it. They are going to criminalize protesting. They're go- They're criminalizing homelessness. First, they don't pay you enough so you, and they raise your rents and let Blackstone and Vanguard buy up all the single property homes. Then they criminalize homelessness. They put people in jail and then they profit off of the slave labor that they force people to do in jail. I mean, this is the decline of an empire, but we are living through it in real time. It is horrifying what's being allowed to happen. I mean, yeah, these are
0: these are just reruns of the same tactics, you know, with the revolution, the poor laws. I mean, they were fighting against these poor laws hundreds of years ago, you know, the poll tax, yep. all that kind of stuff. Well, we have modern day poll taxes. I heard in Florida, if you, if you have any um, fines outstanding or court cases and that sort of thing, uh, you can't vote unless you pay them. You know, that's a poll tax, right? I mean, that's taking away your right to vote. So that's a disenfranchising thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the then the two the two front war or the two the two wars going on simultaneously, um, you know, we have two parties of war. War is a great way to rack up debt um, for the banks, you know, that yep. support Biden that's and the right. Obama administration. Speaking of yep. Obama, um, he – I think I, I remember – not not too long ago, both Biden and Obama were very um I guess uh they were quick to demean or whatever uh you know it's uh, the what, what they call it, uh, the fund movement or abolish movement. Oh, right. He's like, "All right. this stuff, you know, this is this is not popular. This, this is why, why we yeah. lose elections, or I don't know. I'm kind of paraphrasing, but they, they were both, you know. And it's like, why do we need this police state? We already have mass incarceration. Uh, Biden is a very unpopular president, you know. And if he loses, you know, whether whether it's, um, I, I think I think it was, uh, I think it's been over fifty years, something like that, since a Democrat is has won a term... Uh, So after two terms, right? It usually goes back to the Republicans, but the Republicans like Reagan and Bush, right? So Republicans have been able to put longer stretches in power. The Democrats usually one or two terms, and then it's back to the Republicans. So if you're... Doing these tactics, saying, you know, trying to oppose fascism, building up this police state. It's not going to be too long before your opponent inherits it, and that's what they want. I mean, Republicans basically want to dismantle every part of the government except for the police, military, and the prison system. They want a a place to put the superfluous population who do not add or protect wealth. So instead of having mental hospitals and public facilities, hospitals, that sort of thing, they've decided to solve the problem by just throwing everyone in jail. And that actually works um, in favor of the capitalist ruling class because that's slave labor. This is These uh, right. inmates have almost no rights, no working yep. or labor uh, laws that they need to follow. They don't have to even get paid. I think in Texas they don't even get paid. So that's essentially forced labor for pennies on the dollar or potentially nothing.
1: Yep. I mean, do you remember when Kamala was running and she was our attorney general for a while out here in California and people talked about how she kept innocent people in jail because they were working as firefighters and we needed their cheap labor to fight fires and even worse, not even worse, but to add insult to injury, when they are finally released, they are not allowed to apply to be firefighters. So they're only allowed to do it. (laughs) These people are sick.
0: These people are sick in the head. I can't believe... Why, why is it yeah. that the, the press is so chummy when the Democrats get in? Do you have a theory for that? Because they're doing the same well, stuff, I guess, I, since they wear a different hat. Yeah.
1: Different. It, that's it. I mean, it's kayfabe, right? It's like pro-wrestling. So we've got you know at the legacy media, the elite, the whatever, coastal, right? They're going to fall down as Democrats because Democrat, when Democrats vote, mostly they just want to feel... a a sense of self-worth and pride, like some sanctimony about they're doing the right thing. They want to feel like they have the moral
0: high ground. Like, you know, we're not going to vote for that, uh, whatever, that populist party, the Republicans, that a little bit rough around the edges. They're
1: racist. They're they're so racist. Would you want the Muslim ban back? I don't know. Do you want to kill 30,000 innocent Palestinians in four months? Like, I don't know. It's a real, like, you know, Dilemma. I don't know Wh- which is worse. Like, so I think there. Here's is, the problem, though. In, I mean,
0: but I, I think Trump is has been pretty outspoken about his support for Israel. It's not like we're gonna have an alternative there. It's not like Trump's gonna no? go in and say, "Hey, ceasefire right now, or the spigot stops. We're not gonna fund this no. anymore." You know what I mean?
1: The only difference. The only difference would be that the liberal media might actually be oppositional when Trump does it. Although the one time that they said, I mean, that's the thing that, you know, we always joke about, you know, was, was it Tom Brokaw or Peter Jennings? I don't know who, when Trump dropped the mother of all bombs in Syria said, Trump really became president. You know, that's when they all align. Everybody loves a war, but yeah, yeah, no, it's, yeah. That, that, I,
0: was, I was watching Morning Joe, I I don't know why, yeah. one time. Yeah, it's so bad. I used to actually <laughs> like think so, that I was good journalism so or
1: something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh I used, God, to, I
0: used so to feel like high culture, you know, maybe 10, 12 yeah. years ago. I was like, oh, man, I'm yeah, I'm really part of this. Uh, I'm that's really part so of this ruling class or whatever. You know, I got culture. I'm watching Morning Joe here up in the morning and uh, getting ready for work. But, uh, awesome. yeah, there, there was a raid about, um, uh, I think it was Biden, like one of his first uh, – one of his first big raids, he went in there and uh, you know committed a <laughs> committed a, a war crime or terrorist act. You know, essentially assassinating right. some political figure in a, in a far off yeah. country. Um, you know, with no court of law, no charges, no evidence, no nothing. Yeah. Just went in there with yeah. the with the military, yeah. uh, went into the compound, killed him, and that's the end of that guy. You know, it's done. You know, yeah. and they were just They're applauding like, yeah. it. On, yeah, I'm yeah. like, what? Like, you know, I mean, I've, I've yeah. been reading a lot of Chomsky stuff, but like the same with. Um, Osama bin Laden. They could have brought charges against uh, bin Laden. Yeah. I think the Taliban was even open to extradition of, of bin Laden. Oh, uh, they were causing mean, war. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, they were. 100%. Yes. They were like, get this problem out of here.
0: Like, if you're going to come in yes. and bomb us, we'll, we'll give you him on silver platter. And uh, But yes. see it's it's the mafia mentality you know when the mafia don down the block you know wants to rough up somebody because they're not paying protection they don't get a court order you know they go in and right. send a message we're the we're the yeah. mafia that's how we run international politics there's no higher authority you know that would that would de- demean our credibility when we want in when we want we to go in somewhere a, a country and, and and cross borders you know uh, i think yeah. we went into pakistan to get bin laden which is a nuclear country we could have started a nuclear war we are illegally there yeah. in their airspace. Yeah. Um, luckily it didn't turn out that way. But uh yeah, we're not gonna go to some higher authority, we're not gonna go to the International Court of Justice. We're gonna go in, get our guy, kill him, no charges, and dump his uh body into the ocean, which is what they did.
1: Yep. That's how they roll.
0: And Morning Joe is just applauding it. Hey, this is this is the it. way yes. this is the way That's it's our done. R- this is America, our rules, baby. A
1: rules based order where we now three times have vetoed a ceasefire. Three times. Where also, and I can't remember the name of this law, but there is a law on the books that I think started under George W. Bush, where if anyone is convicted at the Hague, the U.S. will intervene. Yeah, will basically I've seen that. intervene. Yeah. yeah,
0: like we're gonna bring in tanks and jets. We're gonna see how they like it. Then
1: you know. Yeah, we're a rogue nation. We, we do not. We do not adhere to any rules based order. We do exactly what we want to do. He's bypassed Congress twice to get more funding and arms to a genocide
0: yeah circumventing congress you know circumventing the democratic process to um you know launder money in ukraine and to traffic weapons to israel and i even saw uh i think one of the scams that biden had come up with is what we're going to do to circumvent this is we're going to give a bunch of arms to the greeks and then they're going to go ahead and give it to I don't know if it was Ukraine or Israel. So it's like, oh, I'm, right. sure, I'm sure there's going to be great accounting. I'm sure all those weapons, there, none of them are going to get, you know, on the blackboard yeah. or anything like that. This this sounds perfect. Let's just do this shady deal. Let's get a third middleman to kind of, you know, broker it, and uh, let's just right. get all these weapons out there. And hopefully, you know, hopefully they get there. If not, oh, well, we got, you know, more oh, well. weapons on the streets, I guess, for the paramilitary forces and, uh,
1: yeah. you right-wing militias. Yeah, and by the, the way, like with the Taliban – and, you know, the way we financed them in the 80s to fight Russia, it will come back to us. And I've read you know, some stuff, too, they, that
0: uh, Israel yeah. funded uh, Hamas. I guess they needed an enemy. Oh, uh, maybe directly
1: 100%. Or, yeah. Yes. That's not even up for debate. I mean, uh, Netanyahu talks about it. He, they did not want a, a peace partner, and Fatah the, in the uh, Palestinian Authority was wanting to come to the table for peace. So they funded Hamas. So they could say, "Look, we don't have a peace process. We don't have a peace partner. This a terrorist state." And of course, they call anybody a terrorist who they just want to be able to kill with abandon. That's right. Yeah. You know the way we do the like the Russians. That's what Chomsky says.
0: Chomsky says terrorism is when they do it to us, and anti-terrorism is when we do it to them. That's the way it works.
1: So, anyways, that was that was a good brainstorm
0: for the show. Uh, What should we talk about tonight? (laughs) What should we talk about?
1: Something fun and light. It's all been fun and light.
0: Yeah. Let's get to, let's get maybe some end on, let's maybe we can go back to this, some yeah. Hollywood stuff. I did watch uh, oh, okay, yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's. Have you ever seen that movie or heard about it?
1: I have heard about it, but I didn't see it. It was Is pretty it wild. It? it was a horror
0: movie about the possessed animatronics, you know, these scary things. It's so like based ate. on a video game or something, I right? So I, I read it. Yeah. I, I looked good, so I put it on. I mean, it's so silly, but very entertaining. And man, oh. yeah, those animatronic things—I have nightmares now. I remember them back as a yes. kid. They—they they were scary <laughs> and spooky then. It's—it's it's not yeah. a bad watch if if you're if you're not looking for oh. to, if you're not looking to think too much. I just love scary movies. Uh, it's worth a yeah. watch. It's worth putting it on. It's something different. Um, it's not bad. It's pretty hand quick.
1: It, hand that over to my husband. He's he's scary movie guy. I I'm not
0: it. good with it anymore. Yeah. So uh, maybe before we end on some Hollywood stuff, though, uh, Aaron Bushnell, uh, self-immolation, uh, uh, yeah. set himself on fire outside the Israeli uh, embassy in Washington, D.C. Apparently someone pulled a gun on him. I saw a, uh, a yeah, photograph. The security of, uh... for... Yeah, the security well, for, in- for the Israeli, Israeli
1: embassy. A, in-
0: in- I guess instead of a fire extinguisher, they pulled a gun. Uh, and I guess as he continued to burn, he, he continued to scream, Um, free Palestine, free Palestine, free Palestine. So, uh, and I think his last words, I think he had, I think, I guess he live streamed the whole event. How horrific. I mean, I don't know whether to, I don't know how to feel about this kind of stuff. self-immolation. I I really think the, um, photograph in, um, about the monk, which I looked up a little bit today as I kind of contrasted and retweeted, uh, him, self-immolation versus the, what was going on. We were of course funding a, um, a right-wing government in Vietnam. It was kind of an apartheid state where the Catholic right. uh, minority and the whites, you know, who had connections with U.S. Uh, business and political interests, um, they got preferential treatment, uh, even though the Buddhists there were, you know, maybe seventy to ninety percent of the population. Uh, and then I right. guess they said, um, uh, I don't know, there was some some uh, it was too,
1: act. It was too socialist, too socialist for the U.S. government. <laughs> so we had to back the right-wing extremists. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's how we roll.
0: They, I guess they were protesting because they – I think the government made it illegal to uh, demonstrate in public for Buddhists or maybe to fly some flag or whatever. Right. Uh, but anyways, this monk who was like 65 or so years old, right. uh, basically quiet, you know, didn't talk much, read a little bit about his history uh, and decided to um, make this e- extreme protest. And, and I guess he alerted the media that, hey – it's tomorrow morning uh, on this specific road something big is going to happen right. and uh, i think jfk said something along the lines of this was uh this was one of the most um a lot of information or something like that no no photo has ever conveyed more news information than that photo right, right. there of course the war crimes right. he was uh uh behind you know were one of the reasons this this monk was protesting but yeah. i saw a lot of similarities between you know, that self immolation uh, would happen in Vietnam, which is why I tweeted it, these two pictures. And uh, I guess this Aaron Bushnell, he was a, a part of the Air Force service member. Right. Uh, he Active was kind of looking. Yep. To- he was looking to transition, I guess, uh, to a, a career after the military. He wanted to get into maybe cybersecurity, which it seems like a lot of people do. Surveillance, uh, surveillance capitalism, uh, the NSA, all that kind of stuff. Uh, a lot of a lot yep. of people that are in the, the military transition to spying on civilians. That's the way it is. I mean, that's the way it works. But uh, anyways, yep. he was a, an anarchist like me, so I, I, maybe we had similar... Political beliefs, but I think I read uh, I read what his last words were before I think he did the live stream. He he said, said something like, uh, "What would I do if I was alive during slavery or the Jim Crow South or apartheid? What is what if my country was committing genocide? The answer is you're doing it right now." And then uh, then began yeah. to set himself on fire and uh, yell "Free Palestine" and basically until his death. So. I don't know, pretty heady stuff, makes you think. Um I don't know, I don't know if he's a hero. Like I don't want other people doing this, you know what I mean? But yeah. he certainly sent a message. How do you what do you think about this self-immolation? It's, I guess that's an act of a really desperate person that wants to maybe make a difference. I asked my coworker this cuz I just thought this is Pretty crazy. You know, I feel like I read about it in the history class in the 1970s, but the same kind of stuff is going on right now, whether it's genocide, apartheid government, unfair treatment of minorities, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think he was someone that was desperate. Maybe he had some mental health issues. Maybe he didn't, but he wanted to make a difference. I did pose this question, though. Do you think one Palestinian will be saved because of this? You know what I mean? Does does this make a big impact? I, I find it fascinating. I find it interesting. Uh, I don't want to discount or discredit it. Um, it. It's a desperate act. Again, I don't want to call him a hero. I'm yeah. just kind of, I'm kind of conflicted. I don't know how to, I don't know how to, to take this. Uh, I mean, I what guess. I think what do you think?
1: I think he's more of a hero than people who go off to fight unjust wars and die in battle. So, you know, I wouldn't want. I have two boys. I wouldn't want them to do either one of those things. But I certainly... Like you wouldn't be proud,
0: right? If you're if you're, one of your boys said, hey, I can't take this sitting down anymore, I'm going to light myself fire in the name of Palestine, you wouldn't be like, I'm proud. You know what I mean?
1: I want to be careful because I don't want to take anything away from an act that while, no, I wouldn't want anybody I know and love to do, I would want the approach to be different. I also feel like he made an ultimate sacrifice, which everyone in the military signs up possibly to do when they say they will be defending the freedoms of America, which we know for the past, what, 50, 60 years, nothing that the US military has done has been to defend the freedom of America. Yeah, we're so, the, the United
0: States borders are not under attack. We're not under threat, you know, whether yeah. it's Russia or anyone. We, we have no been, natural enemies. We're we haven't been not, threatened since the war of eighteen twelve. You know, that's the last time this country's borders was actually right. threatened.
1: Right. I mean, I guess you could say like Pearl Harbor, but
0: That was a colony. That was a colony. That wasn't the mainland, too. <laughs> and we and of course we took Hawaii
1: right. at gunpoint. Yeah. I mean, right. So I guess, you know, I again, like I have a child who is only a few years younger than this young man. I think what he did was an enormous act of sacrifice. I don't wanna take anything away from it. I hope that, I hope this wakes people up. I also hope people find other ways to protest that are equally impactful. And the problem is our government, like the majority of this country, Democrat, Republican, independent, non-voters, want a ceasefire. They consider this, a genocide. Uh, by the way, they It was pretty meaningful
0: yeah. though. Like he was in his uniform. He was active service. I mean, it was a huge act. Like I don't want to discredit it. I, I, I don't want to call him a hero because I don't want other people to do this, you know, but right. uh, I mean, it, it, in some ways it was very heroic. He made the ultimate sacrifice for a cause that he believed in. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm kind of conflicted. I don't know how to take this. You know, I, this is something yeah. I did not expect, but I feel like, you know, outside there, he was, he was making no mistake, you know, with his message free Palestine, yeah. he was wearing the American uniform and he was standing outside of the Israeli embassy. I mean, there's yep. no possible way to oh, yeah. think any differently about what happened, you know what I mean?
1: And and you know, I have to say, you know, when looking back and I know Bernie's disappointed so many of us now for a few years, but you know, he had the biggest number of donations from active military not the corporals. I I don't know all the different layers and everything, but just like regular military. So most people who enlist at that level, they are from the working class. There is an idea of solidarity and an idea of why are we like we are constantly doing this to black and brown countries yeah the the military is not
0: recruiting in martha's vineyard you know they're not recruiting in malibu they're going into the inner cities you know they're going into compton oakland baltimore where i was living that's where they were doing their recruiting
1: i have a feeling a lot of people in the military at the level where he is feel the same way and what i'm hoping is not that this pushes forward a lot of self-immolation, which is a tragedy, of course. I mean, he seemed like what a great heart. I read that he was like, you know, donating to homeless people and showing up to different care centers. And, you know, this wasn't like a one-off for him. He seems like somebody who actually really cared about a community. I think he was
0: committed to the cause, you know, the leftist cause. Hey, we got less than two minutes. Uh, We talked about everything tonight. We talked about nothing tonight. I'd love to do it again. It was a great time. <laughs> the punch-up pod. I love talking <laughs> with you. Yeah, it was great. Go ahead. I love talking Go ahead. with you. Thank Say you. whatever you want. Where can people find you? What are you working on? What's going on in the punch-up pod? Go ahead. Two minutes. Go ahead.
1: You're so sweet. All right. First of all, love being on with you. We really delved into some subjects. but I feel like I should have brought a little more humor and funny, and mostly we just talked about hard. the crazy It's hard to. Humor. I was going to
0: ask about that. We'll, we'll talk about some humor yeah. stuff next time.
1: All right. So yeah, Punch-Up Pod with Lila and Pat. is every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. We say we're lefty, newsy, and boozy like The Daily Show meets Drunk History. We drink too much. We talk about politics of the week. We are very lefty, but we do try to find some joy, camaraderie, and solidarity because that's what we're all fighting for in the end.
0: Lila, Charles Lee, thank you so much for your time. Solidarity forever. Let's do it again sometime.
1: Solidarity forever. I will be back anytime you'll have me. Thank you so much. Have a great night. You too. Take care. Thank you for listening to Necessary Illusions. I also want to thank my special
0: guest, Lila Charles Lee, for a great discussion on politics current events, and the crumbling American empire. Again, I am your host, MC Squared. No gods, no masters. I'm out.